0: In life, (laughs) you are dark. You are you are AEW dark. (laughs) Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.
1: Wrestling
0: should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun Podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Dom Philp. On the mic, not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge most Fridays, but every single week on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. You can tweet it out if you found us on Twitter. Ross the Boss tells me we're getting up towards 12,000 followers over there. Hey, if you don't follow the Twitter, why don't you go hit that up? It's all capitals, W-S-B-F-U-N. On Twitter Hey, maybe you found us on Instagram Not quite 12,000 followers over there If you don't follow us on Instagram, go hit us up It's all one word, at Wrestling Should Be Fun And maybe you could add this to your Instagram story um, How else would you have found us? Maybe, most likely You're probably a personal friend of us So if that is the case, why don't you tell One of your friends, why don't you write a letter Why don't you ring someone Okay, we're getting straight into this thing here This afternoon, Wrestling Should Be Fun Podcast, I'm joined by Matt, Matt, Ross, and Shafi for a little bit. Get around us, fellas. Here we go. Episode 21. Okay. Uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. This is episode 21. Wrestling Should Be Fun goes Hollywood. Uh, big time, I think it is. And I am joined by all the regulars, all your favorites, Ross the Boss Casey, Matt Brum Brummit, Big Lady Cool Matt Connolly, and the Sultan Shaffy coming off a straight sets loss in Shock Mastermind. How are we going, fellas? Everyone Good?
1: Very
0: well, yes. I was great until that intro. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I'm still uh, pulling the strings here for this Shock Mastermind. Hopefully my next round, I'll just get a walk over somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but we've got, that's a different podcast. If you're interested in the nerd quiz, get around Shock Mastermind. Uh, we're getting into the semi finals now, but this is the weekly show. And we're going to start off with the call up sheet.
2: Yeah, we've got quite a few um, on Twitter. We're going to start off in Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky what Would you where- call me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> where there's a brilliantly named Steve Orkies. but he's got to be an OVW guy, right? If he's coming from Louisville, was that that was that where that was right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: I, I knew we were going to talk about Jim Cornette when we spoke about GCW later, but this is this is early to make Jim Cornette cut jokes, isn't it? Um, I, I think, did you say hawkies? Orkies, O-R-K-I-E-S. Orkies. I think, like, his catchphrase has got to be that the age of men is over and he's, he's in the army of the orcs. I think that's the way to do it. <laughs> Love it.
2: Next up, we're heading to... The Midlands, from Birmingham, England. It's Big Boss Jay.
1: He's booking himself again. I don't like this.
3: (laughs) His real name's Jay Trailer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you ever take the trip up to Midlands, England. (laughs) (laughs) The thing Um.
1: is, when, when people, you know, give themselves gimmicks like this, it just makes me think of... You know, like when you hear of nerds turning up to wrestling school and they've already got their character mapped out and they haven't even had their first lesson yet. Mm. I just, yeah. That was the Sultan
0: speaking on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not a character. Not a character. That's the Man, real stuff. Shoot, it's shoot. <laughs>
2: um, if you didn't like that, then you might not like this either, yeah. It's a real life wrestler from the. It's just a blanket from the US of A. The man who sold the world, Idol
0: Heinz. That's a, that's a Nirvana lyric, right?
3: Slash, oh. I'm not so, usually bite, Dom. I'm going to be, because I've got half a pirata in my mouth, I'm not going to bite this time. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so I'm going to be on a different. Gimmick,
2: Maybe that is the gimmick. He, the, the guy thinks he's, he's Kurt Cobain, and that's the joke he's, he's an awful person.
1: <laughs> See, I was going to go in the opposite direction with Hines and say that he's got f- he's got a split personality in his fifty-seven different varieties. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's actually spelled um, in, in the same way as the old Man United left back, which is pretty fun. Yeah, but that ruins it, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Dupont Odillion from France.
3: That's a fantastic name.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's just a great name, Dupont. Nothing to add.
3: Sorry, Dupont. <laughs> I, 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 think, I,
0: I think... Dupont, that's your problem, mate. I think, I think he could form a stable with the Kurt Cobain guy and he could be Dupont Bob Dillian. <laughs> Very good.
2: And last but by no means least, we're heading to the minutes. The... God, I can't even say that. So I'm just I'm so I'm just gonna skip that and say that it, that he's from Pennsylvania <laughs> and his name is Jordan Hetrick. Uh,
3: oh. I mean it's got to be it's gotta be Jordan Hetrick Hetrick. Sure.
2: <laughs> Hetrick
0: hero. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he
2: can only have runs of three wins each time.
0: <laughs> and I think yeah, like in the match he's gotta hit like three clotheslines in a row. Well, yeah.
1: I, was, I was thinking, actually, his finishing sequence should be the perfect hat trick where he hits him with the left foot, the right foot, and then the head Oh <laughs> Very
2: good. But, but
1: weirdly, he doesn't want a three count.
2: He wants a five count. <laughs> 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 so that's your call-up sheet for this week. Thank you a lot, Twitter. Um, Twitter's going really well. Um, lots of fun interaction. Um, I'm sure that I'll probably stay up and watch AEW later and see you all there.
0: Outstanding stuff, Ross. Well done as always with the call-up sheet. Um, We're going to be pretty heavy on what the nerds are watching this week. I suggest Um, so. Let's get straight into it. What the nerds are watching. watching And see (inaudible) how I left that little pause there, brummet. That's what you got to do, so I can put the theme songs in if you ever host in future. (laughs) <laughs> um, Okie dokie uh, What have we been watching fellas? Um, I, I've actually So to give my little intro I had a few weeks off wrestling really I didn't really watch anything at all And also a couple of weeks off the podcast Because I didn't have much to add But I actually watched a bit of wrestling this week um, I, I wanted to start off By talking about AEW If that's okay Because I got to edit your boys podcast last week um, and you guys spoke uh, in depth about AEW and then I watched the episode afterwards and I just don't even know if you guys were positive enough. Man, I really, really have enjoyed Dynamite the last two weeks um, and I know you guys have already spoken about it two weeks ago and that, and if you're playing along at home, this isn't great podcasting. Anyway, my favourite thing was Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. That's all I wanted to talk about and I just thought it was, I, I don't know, I think it got shot on by the internet. And I just, like, really, really loved it. I thought it was, like, a perfectly worked wrestling match for, like, two guys that have wrestled 10,000 times. They did things that I'd never seen before. Um, they did that, like, Randy Orton dra- draping DDT spot onto the steel stairs that I can't remember seeing before. They did, like, the Paul London-Brian Danielson lockup out of the ring to start. Like, I just really thought it was a great wrestling match for television. And I just, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, even the guys that everyone rips on in AEW are outstanding. And I, I don't know, it's it's a really weird thing to make you fall fall in love with wrestling again. But Matt Hardy and Christian Cage, fair play to you. Like, I really loved it.
3: Before I let Stephanie shout at you about Matt Hardy, um, I just want to quickly say, to defend us from the previous week, and, you know, I'm, that was the one <laughs> my least favorite match on the card but like the I think the reason probably why we didn't give that probably as much plots as we should have done I adored that show but it was one of the things where it was more wood than trees if you know what I mean like there wasn't a stand like many stand-up matches that were like wow they're brilliant matches that I'll rewatch loads of times later but that episode of Dynamite, I'm, we'll get to it in a bit. I'm not probably on the on the most recent one, but the first night of Fyter Fest, I just thought was just the tightest two hours of wrestling TV. Um, absolutely loved it. But um, sorry, Chef, I'll jump to you as you you didn't get to chat about it last week either.
1: Um, yeah, my memory doesn't last that long, to be honest, Brom.
3: <laughs> we'll just sag off my Hardy for a
0: bit and tell Dom he's wrong. Yeah, Dom, you're wrong. So I'm like you, Chef. I mean I I don't think the Matt Hardy character is really going anywhere, but I just really enjoyed the match from Bell to Bell with Christian. That's all. Um and I'm looking forward to seeing if they do anything different in the six man tonight. Like I think they but do they need to do any more? I don't know. Like it it felt like their first match on TV could have been a blow-off pay-per-view match for mine. Like I I, I genuinely, I was thinking as I watched it, I was like, this match, no one's going to remember it. And I was like, if this match was the opening match on WrestleMania, like this, this match is better than Matt Hardy versus Rey Mysterio from WrestleMania 19, for example. But I was watching it, I'm like, this is better than that match. Like, And I was really just like, "This will, no one's ever going to remember this ever again, but it's better than what people think. I, I don't know. Are you the guy that wrote that B-plus tweet? I, <laughs> I I certainly am not. No, no.
1: I don't think that was that controversial.
2: I. Uh, not everyone isn't able. A- we're about, we're about I- to get along. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So I, I guess, like, I, I just whilst I'm talking about AW, like, it's really this is like my measuring stick now. So uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. And for the first time ever, I'm thinking about staying up tonight to watch Dynamite Live. That's how, that's how good I feel the shows have been the last two weeks. And obviously, I'm a Nick Gage guy, and I look forward to that. But, um, I, I'm, they've really created some jeopardy with some stuff for me tonight. Like, I'm genuinely afraid if Hangman loses. Like, I'm afraid for the character's well-being. Like, do you? Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, you get, that's all. I'm, I'm actually, a fr- I feel like I have to tune in to make sure he's okay.
2: <laughs> While you brought that match up, I was going to say like, do you think Hangman is going to do it alone and like get the last pin? Or is he going to be eliminated and have to rely on the Dark Order to get him through? Is that a better story? I don't
0: oh, know. I didn't even think about the second scenario. Because I just imagined it's going to be him versus the young Bucks and Kenny. And he's going so to have Om- to take
2: them all. Yeah, like say Omega takes him out early doors. And then he's got to rely on Silver and the crew. Like is that better or worse? I don't know. I
3: just I saw it floating <sighs> around as a notion. Do, 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 do you think the, Do you think the first two people eliminated are Omega and Hangman, Double DQ or something? And uh, yeah, and John Silver's got to run through the the Dark Order. No, no the, sorry, the um the elite. Yeah. But it's really hard though because obviously the what makes I, I think that's a, a um, that that's great idea, Matt. My biggest question to that is. It's not just Omega that's protected in that stable right is your problem.
0: Yeah, but they've gotta they've gotta get someone from the Dark Order over enough to be the tag team to face the young Bucks as well. Because I don't know who the tag team is. Sylvan Reynolds, isn't it? well it started off with Uno and um, Grayson.
2: Yeah, I would have presumed it would have gone Uno Grayson, but yeah, it could be either couldn't it? Yeah.
3: I think Silver Reynolds are the most over. As a tag team, silver. Know. silver. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably Uno Silva would make the most sense, despite not actually being the ta- one of the tag teams.
3: Uno Silva sounds like one of those, like nineteen-year-olds that Wolves sign from Portugal.
0: That <laughs> Sorry, Dom. I yeah, like I'm just thinking now. I'm just thinking about booking the match and what what might happen. I guess no matter what happens, if if it's not Hangman Page that gets the definitive sort of, like, the win at the end, it, they've got to create it somehow that Page still isn't 100% sure if he can beat Omega. So, like, like if Omega does, like, Page eliminates four of, you know, of, of the Elite and then Omega beats him and then the other four, you know, then the Dark Order team up to eliminate Omega at the end or something. But... Like, it'd be good if Page comes out looking strong, but it's still questionable whether he can actually overcome his demon.
3: Yeah. There's also, I mean, my ideal output of this, and you guys might boo me, is that actually that they, the elite win and the, this view goes back to the back burner. So Page isn't, it's all out. I guess Schaff is the next big one. Um, I think. Um, That's
1: Chicago September. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I think. I think so, or is but yeah, around them anyway. But that I, I'd be quite interested in them just not going that route and pushing it back again and keeping us salivating for it because I think it might be slightly too soon. Is my god? I I think there's more interest in kind of keeping those guys away from each other, but just having them touch now and it like and, and page and the dark order fail, and then pushing that back, or is that is that silly? If you're gonna have
2: um, them win. It's a WWE trope, I know, and it's a different promotion, but there are definitely similarities in certain things that they do. Um, these five-on-five matches often do see one of the members change teams, right? You've seen it with the likes of um, Big Show and Survivor Series 2015, was it, with the Sting debut? Yeah. Um, obviously, you saw it in the WCW Survivor Series match in 2001. Um is this the opportunity that we were talking about of moving Colt,
0: maybe? It's, is Colt, like, t- does Colt fit in with the elite? I suppose he could. Is he on? I see. I don't watch being the elite. Is Colt
2: involved with that? Not entirely sure. But just, like, in terms of how we, how, how we were saying last week, how Colt is the one wrestler who doesn't really seem to fit in with the Dark Order, it could be the, the opportunity to, to to pull that trigger
3: in this match also not to drop that seed but with with potential future th- things there could be something interesting with having colt cabana as a heel in the promotion but we'll see <laughs> absolutely but let's not let's not touch that elephant maybe lads i don't think we've got the time have we? where
0: where did you say that pay-per-view was seen later in the year oh no don't worry don't worry, don't worry. um <laughs> Norris, i think. i Oh, whilst we're joking about that, I was actually going to say, like, do we think that maybe this announcement tonight as well could be a London show?
2: Hope so. Bloody hell, I hope
3: so. No, it just what's? It's not It's not. It's big news for UK viewers, but it's not really. It's not like a Tony Khan's going to make a big announcement kind of thing for me. And also remember, he's not been on TV before, right? Apart from the the Brody thing, which is like non-kayfabe or whatever you want to say it, so for his first appearance to be announcing, and this is going to be really great for 0.3 of our viewers, yay! It's it doesn't seem doesn't seem right for me, but I'm always wrong. So, what is your beef with Craven Cottage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just want that they can instead of the Michael Jackson statue, they can replace it with one of like Jungle Boy or something. <laughs>
2: Well, they've got a bit of a, um, a um, love thing with WCW and NWA have AEW. So maybe they, they're uh, booking Craven Cottage as it's still having c- c- construction and they're going to book Bobby Eaton in a scaffold match. <laughs> <Cody>. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think what you said about AEW, um, well, Brum said about, you know, woods and trees, I think the level has been so high recently. Uh, obviously, there's another show tonight that looks absolutely stacked. Um, I'm just interested in so much that they're doing I mean obviously don't get me wrong Omega page is is great and the story's been going on for like what 18 months a year oh. to 18 months um, but there's so many other interesting things on the show that don't involve Matt Hardy um, <laughs> I just yeah it's stacked isn't it I mean I I don't care about Nick Gage. I've got no interest in garbage deathmatch wrestling, but when M obviously, uh, Jericho beats Spears. Um, but when MGF's announcement of Nick Gage, like I, the reaction and like the feeling was just something like that I can't really remember for such a long time, like a little bit of.
3: But I don't can know it's just exactly
1: like a little bit of fear like maybe this isn't going to go completely right or you know it's uh, not just oh we're going to get the big show to come out with zion claire contract and you're going to face him or it was something a little bit different a little bit raw almost
3: it's also made the whole series the the five stages of heck or whatever it's called like the um make feel a lot more interesting, because I initially, when he first talked about it, I thought I was just going to fight individually each member of the, the inner circle, but I, exactly, I just think yeah. it's so interesting, like, week to week, what what the fuck has MJF got planned? It's, it's really hot, isn't
1: it? Well, if this is stage two, you know, what are the next three stages?
3: Have,
2: have people got people in mind who they think it, it might be in the future? I, I wanted, in terms of callbacks, I don't know if he's available, but if they could get Jeff Cobbin, who Jericho used as a hired gun, about a year or so with, like, with Mox. That'd be quite a cool callback if uh, Cobb was one of the remaining people.
0: I I hadn't thought about it, but I'd like to see maybe a Lance Storm. Yeah. Like, that, that's Jericho's first match type of thing and all that. Oh, yeah. That is a great shout, Dom.
3: Great talking shout. Of,
2: talking of his past matches and stuff as well, you've obviously got Hooventude, Ultimo Dragon, people like that. Um, and then also going back to his WWF days, he, um, people have even been talking on, on um, online about when he lost at WrestleMania to Fandango.
3: Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, does he go, do they go Rock Austin, Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> what, what, what uh, Number five, if I was a betting man, I'd say Sammy.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, not. Yeah, like you're, I'm the same as you, Brummit, not to be a broken record. But I, when they first announced it, I was like, fuck, this is a bit trite. And I was like, this yeah. is going to be boring. I don't, I don't need to see Jericho versus both members of FTR. And then I, and now I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Yeah,
2: yeah, really good. You, I, I really love how – I mean, it was a big character, don't get me wrong, but Jericho put over the pain maker like it was the return of Cactus Jack, didn't he? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was really lovely to see that he thought it was a big reveal. <laughs> um, it was a decent run. Don't get me wrong; it was a good invention. But Matt, did you see? Build. Matt, did you see online the person who turned Greg into the pain maker? No, no. It's really good. I'll send it over to you. Oh yeah, the hammer. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, Dynamite, there were a couple of other things. One thing that I've really enjoyed, and to be honest, I've never really enjoyed any of his stuff, not not even really his tag team run that much, but I've quite enjoyed uh, Kazarian as the elite hunter, um, just sort of popping up out of nowhere, almost, you know, sort of having that, like, sting surprise attack element, like old school crow sting, just coming out and sort of evening up the odds. Um, so it was a bit of an odd decision this week to have him lose to Doc all people. Um, You know, I think that kind of took a lot of the interest away that I had briefly in Frankie Kazarian.
3: Um, Before that, I think, I think the first bit of that, I think it shows how good the... I think the commentary team have done a great job with that, just going fucking marking out mentally every time he comes up. It's like, the elite owner Frankie Kazarian! Also, like, I, I did yeah. say to Bram
2: in a chat privately that it just reminds me of Yoshi Tatsu's bullet club hunting run, though. Like, you know there's no threat. It's Kazarian. Like, he will get beat by Gallows when the match comes.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Because um, yeah. it was quite cool for the last month or whatever it's been. Um, we what, would, of what, course, what, what, be... So go on. I was just... No, it's okay. Um, I was just going to jump to the main, so...
3: Uh, no, well, but before you, do, I was gonna say. So obviously, we've we give some Matt Hardy some stick. Do you think after Matt Hardy, the the good brothers are the least
0: interesting act on uh, Dynamite? It, except except for that one Carl Anderson Moxley match, there, right? I like I don't understand like how Doc Gallows. I don't I don't get this like what he's like a sleaze. His his gimmick is that he's like like weirdly sexual. I don't understand it.
3: I don't I don't enjoy it
0: like it's yeah it's weird. bring back
3: Jesse. He'll <laughs>
0: right.
3: Sorry shaft main event.
1: So yeah, I was just going to say we would of course be remiss to not mention the main uh the Texas Street fight, is that or Texas Death match? Mm, yeah. That's um uh, obviously Mox and uh The Murderhawk, your favorite wrestler. Uh Lance Archer. So what were your, as someone who is quite outspokenly not a big fan of uh, the former Lance Hoyt, what were your thoughts on this, Brom?
3: Just not into it, Bod. Just uh, don't, I, I get, I, it's just his face, I just can't watch it. Like, I just wasn't into the match and he could have, like the only one of his matches that I've ever liked is the Osprey one and that's it. And, and that's all I'm going to ever like because I just, I hate his fucking face. Sorry, that's not very good analysis. Has anyone got any hot takes on that?
1: <laughs> well, he must—he must be quite good if he carried Osprey to a good match. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, for a TV match, like, what more can you ask for? I mean, sort of the same. The week—was it the week before where you had um, the tag with Eddie and Penta versus Bucks with the attacks in the mouth and the super kicks? Was that the week before, or was that two weeks before? Um. You know, two... they... sorry, Ross. I'm just saying that um, that was two weeks. So they're given us a lot in their TV matches. Um, it was just a little bit odd in the sense that all of their TV matches start with like 15 minutes of the show to go, which, like, I get it. But for Mox, how many times has Mox lost in AEW? I don't know, once or twice, maybe. He obviously yeah. lost the belt. Like he okay. hasn't lost singles
2: singles-wise, I think it's just Omega and him that that beaten him, yeah.
1: So for him to suffer another loss, like in what was probably 10 minutes, it just, it did like that sort of epic element that you know, you would think it would take to put him down. I appreciate he did go through two boards of barbed wire, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he kind, of, he and kind the- of killed himself, didn't he? Because he set that Traption up right and it was calling back to the original New Japan match I think that's what commentary said I can't remember the New Japan match As well now but so it's quite cool Storytelling wise but yeah maybe it could have gone a bit Longer to really get home that Moxie's Lost the match but I liked it that Archer got the win
0: The finish Yeah I was going to say the finish is somewhat clever I thought Because he didn't actually get pinned He was just stuck in the barbed wire Which is what like he, he wasn't dead He could have got up but he was stuck I thought I thought it was like a Crush at WrestleMania ten star deal. I mean, that's
1: what they said on commentary, but I'm not sure that it really came across on the screen. Um, but yeah. But whilst we're talking about big stars, uh, Don, what was your thought on the return of uh, Chavo Guerrero?
0: I th- that it was that was such a weird thing um, for. To happen on that show, I thought already because there was there was already so many things happening on that show with like Nick Gage, and and like and it almost got buried, right? Do you think?
1: Well, I think what was a bit odd was obviously that um, what's his name El Idolo, um, Andrade. He, he's quite clearly a heel. Uh, I would suggest that Death Triangle were are probably heels or at least come across heelish. But Chavo just got like a face reaction and didn't really do a lot to turn that around.
3: Officer, um, he tried to milk it. Exactly.
1: Or... Like yeah. it was, you know, it was a bit odd in that sense. Like, he,
2: did, um, he did patronize Pac though. <laughs> well, uh, Wanting to translate because he can only speak one language.
1: Yeah, but he's from Newcastle. That's probably a <laughs> face move. You know? um, yeah, it was all a bit strange. It'll be interesting to see where to go with Chavo.
0: Sorry bro, Um, I was just going to say Andrade's been a bit strange so far but I I trust that they'd go on somewhere with it Well maybe, I mean
3: they've not and and again, AW as we've said have have got so much right, but it took them so long to get Miro right, Black looks like right out of the gate, but yeah I think Andrade falls maybe into a bit early Miro for me, it's like a really hot talent that's just had a very average presentation and and, you know my my gut is it's maybe because they just they just want to kind of spin the wheels because it's not it's not his time to kind of get you know to have the rocket like on him but so they kind of just giving him this average thing and then when it is his time then maybe it'll get interesting but that's probably complete blind optimism
2: I i don't mind it at all because yeah, the like the fact that he's a translator got lost a little bit because it was a bilingual promo. But like normally he's going to be speaking for Andrade for the audience. And that's and that's something that Andrade, let's be honest, probably does need. And also let's not forget that Andrade's best performances in the WWE came from having Vega there to be her, his like voice. So, I think having well,
3: someone. fantastic, though, isn't cheap. That's the difference.
2: Like, uh, like, I think Chabo will be good for him. Like, do you I think. think like, I think Andrade is better with someone by his side. Do you think it was meant to be Vega and then she re signed? Potentially, yeah. Oh. Like, because it came around the time that this sort of happened. It feels like maybe it was. I don't want the um, death triangle to split. And I know that's where AW are trying to sort of lead us there. Andrade will coax the Lucha brothers over to his side. But if they're going to do it, I think it'd be more interesting if maybe he just took Penta and like Penta turn, but we get face Phoenix still because everyone loves Phoenix and then Penta can go around breaking arms and being horrible. Um, But Mm. I don't know what way they're going to go. I I love Death Triangle so I'd I'd be happy for them to all resist.
1: In terms of that, did they not kind of sort of explore that with Eddie Kingston?
0: mm.
1: Where he sort of tried to edge out you know, Phoenix. Yeah. and um, Death Triangle have had a really odd narrative. Because um, yeah. obviously Pack has disappeared for long periods. Um, and yeah, sort of their hill face dynamics have been all over the place. Um.
3: Yeah. 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 That, it's, it's obviously
2: shit hot talent. That, uh, that uh, tag league that they have there, there's so many amazing talents that, that still haven't really been used. Like we've spoken about in the past about P. Like how they haven't been utilized in two years is crazy. But that's
3: compete then like that Nickelodeon show.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, as you say, Dom, amazing shows. And I'm I'm
0: probably staying up, so you better. <laughs> <Well, clears throat> I see I, I talk a big game, but I, I'm all out of carrots after about nine forty
2: five.
0: Should we do G C W? I can do GCW I've got a couple of pages
2: watched it, Dom. I've only I really, watched the one match but that I feel like we could write essays on that
0: I've got a I've got a couple of pages of notes here has anyone else seen GCW homecoming yeah I've seen I, I saw the I saw the main event
3: and um a gif from the two cold scorpio grim Reefer match
0: <laughs> yeah 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 well, one one of my dot points is there are a lot of people just blatantly smoking marijuana on camera. It's like it's, it really is. It's very druggy. The show. Um, so this is this is this is actually my first time watching full GCW shows. Um, I have often been bought out of the market by the fact that they're pay per view and just I'm not very good with technology, but I managed to find these ones and um, I just I guess like. I do have some specific just notes if anyone didn't see the shows or just like to share with you guys that I thought were cool or shit. But I, I kind of had this as I was watching, maybe I'm just really positive this week some I'm on holidays, but I had, I had this memory when I was watching GCW and I had this memory of when I was watching Ring of Honor back in the day. I need to follow it very closely. And there was a time when Joe and Punk and Dragon and Aries and McGuinness, they all sort of left all within kind of a year of each other or maybe a little bit longer. And then it was sort of like a feeling of, oh, man, what are we going to do now? You know, like this this is the company I love and we're not going to be able to replace these guys until they did, you know. And then I was, and I've sort of had a similar feeling over the last 12 months about rest, And I'm like, Oh man maybe indie wrestling is just dead. And then I watched this show and I'm like you know what there's just loads of kids who are good at this and it's going to be okay if you if you have a clear purpose for your company if you like in GCW you do it's like this our purpose is this is a place for the young uh work rate guys and the deathmatch guys to come and just go balls to the wall and kill themselves. And we've got this rabid fan base and we play real music for entrance music, and it's like a fucking mosh pit. Um, as long as you've got a clear purpose for your company, I think you can survive. And I think, I don't know, for some reason watching GCW, which is the most American thing I've ever seen, but it just made me feel better about the future of Brit wrestling as well. I was like, you know what? We'll we'll get through this because indie wrestling is still fucking cool. And GCW is really cool. Um so I've already said about the entrance musics, unreal. All of the entrance musics are either like death music that I've never heard before, gangster rap that I've never heard before, or like really, really ironic 90s like pop songs or like, and it's just like, and I just absolutely love it. Like, it, it, and it gets me every time. It shouldn't because everybody does it. But when you have like a really badass deathmatch wrestler coming out to the ring to like hungry like a wolf or something, it's just so great. I just love it. Um I I said to you, Brum about how um Marco Stunt comes out to We Belong. Yeah. Yeah, but but I could only think of David Starr in Dublin, so that was kind of ruined for me. Um They like all weekend, right? Everyone's doing these crazy high flying stuff and death match stuff. But the spot of the weekend that's not Drew Parker killing himself. Um, was still from 1994, Too Cold Scorpio dropping the bomb. It, Mate, I don't know how old Too Cold Scorpio is, but he's, it's still the best high-flying move in the history of wrestling. So if anyone's listening you don't know what it is, Too Cold Scorpio's finisher from 1995, he does a moonsault but lands in a leg drop. But he was doing it 50, you know, 25 years ago, and he did it on the weekend, and I was still like, holy shit. Like, how does he do that? Like, incredible. Um, I, like, talking about, like, old-school high-flying guys, like Ruckus from CZW, former CZW champion, head of the blackout, he was there, and he looks like what Ruckus looked like when I fell in love with Ruckus. He must be about 120 kilos again, and I'm just like, fuck, he's like, I just love that guy. He's just so cool. And then he, he faced this guy who must be about, his name was Tankman, and he must be about 350 pounds, honestly. He looks a bit like Rikishi, and he did this standing shooting star press, and I'm like, holy fuck, who are these athletes in the next generation of wrestlers? Like, I just, can you in in your mind, imagine Rikishi doing a a standing shooting star press, because that's what it looked like. It was insane. Um, Now I'm just doing spots. Do you want me to keep going with cool spots I like from the weekend? So you said uh, Ruckus is about 120 kilos. Like, yeah. was, he, was he any good? Yeah. He's, yeah. So Ruckus is amazing. Um, so when he, when he, he started off like as a chubby kid, right? But he was famous because he could do all the high fly and stuff. And then he lost all this weight and became CZW world champion. But he was never as cool for me when he was skinny. I, just, I liked him when he was chubby.
1: Cool. Um, but, yeah. I was just asking because I'm 119 kilos, so I want to know what I've got to look forward to when I hit that mark. Can you can can you pull
0: off the shooting star press off the apron to the floor? Cause... Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you who else was there. Was that Cesar Benoni from NXT?
2: Yeah, I heard that he got a terrible reaction.
0: Yeah, it, it was actually... So all of the positive things are said about GCW, and this will, I'm sure this will um, segue into what you guys have to say about it, but some of the ways that the fans behave is actually upsetting. Like, Cesar Benoni had a great match with, like, this guy, Chris Dickinson, that everyone loves. And even after the match, they're trying to do, like, the respect spot, and they, like, sort of shake hands, and people just wouldn't have it. People are like, fuck you, Benoni, fuck off, sell out your shit, your shit. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I love Nick Gage, but Cesar Bononi, like, is better than Nick Gage at wrestling. Like, don't... Like, what do you do? Like, it was, just, it was just really disrespectful. But and I was just... This never- is good news for Bononi, though, right? Because, like,
3: it's, if, you, if you're going to be fucking carny about it, like, Bononi will get brought back because of that, because he's going to get a reaction out of them. And it'll, it'll eventually do something hardcore and then he'll become their Tommy dreamer. Right. That's probably what will happen.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe, or ma- like, I think maybe, maybe GCW or work me, like maybe, like maybe the fans are kind of in on it because there aren't any real heels in wrestling and GCW have uncovered half a dozen who, when you watch that show, they're just absolutely hated. So obviously the new world champion is top of the list. Um, in uh, what's he? Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona, but like they have got this faction called Four Four O, which is Ricky Shane Page's faction, and God, they are good heels, really great. And then you got people like Benoni. Like the fans are just absolutely savages. Um, but maybe it's cool. Maybe that's what draws money. I guess it is that because there aren't that many real heels in wrestling anymore. I suppose.
1: Yeah. Is Cesar Benoni
3: not in AEW? He.
0: He had a match
1: or two, didn't he? Is he not the no, big? No, two? He's,
3: he's in AEW. He's part of the wingman. But exactly, they can, yeah. yeah. But so is Janela, and it's his company, right? So Yeah. Oh yeah, like the
1: know. no, because because Don was saying uh, Don was saying that he's in uh, NXT. So I was just a bit confused. That's all.
0: He, he was, wasn't he, back in the back in the day? But no, he's AEW. No. Um, last. Last two things I've got written down here. Um, the As far as, like, the young people that look like they could be stars one day, there's this wrestler called, um, uh, his name's Starboy Charlie. And on the first night, I was like, this guy's nothing, just a flippy guy. And on the second night, he wrestled Jonathan Gresham. And it was like Matt Hardy Christian level. Fuck, it was good. Um, Really, really good So Starboy Charlie, that's one to look out for in the future guys That's uh, Dom Philp's uh, Lock of the Week For the future I mean Dom Van, what do I call myself? Dom Philp, Dom Van Dam, whatever it is Um, And Drew Parker, what a star What an absolute star Um, Best best Deathmatch wrestler in the world And he holds the two biggest Deathmatch championships in the world now The BJW championship in Japan and the Game Changer Wrestling Ultraviolet Championship, Um, like, just doing silly shit that probably a lot of people wouldn't like. Like Jimmy Lloyd on the second night, he brought two syringes to the ring and he put one through Drew Parker's ear and one through his nose and sprayed liquid out the other side. Just, like, ridiculous. Um, So the finish, like, so then at one point... um, Jimmy Lloyd hit a psycho driver off the top rope through a plate, pane of glass. Drew Parker kicked out at one. I know you'd like that one, Brummett, Respecting Super Dragon.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, 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 did they get a Super Dragon chance or not?
0: I don't... I, I, no, I don't think so. But I, I probably wasn't paying close enough attention to that. Um, you're going to turn me full cornet listening to this shit. Yeah, well, that's what... I, I'm looking forward to it. And then the, the finish was... So then they're up on the ladder. They put a ladder in the ring and laid out a pane of glass. So then um, Parker hits like a sunset flip power bomb through the pane of glass from top of the ladder. And I'm like, that's it. That'll be it. Not not enough. One, two, kicks out. Goes back up the ladder again, but puts a plate pane of glass on top of Jimmy Lloyd and does a swanton through the pane of glass on top of him for the win. Like, just like insane. Like, it is genuinely insane. And I... I unabashedly loved every second of it. I just, I really, like, it just reminded me of what I liked. And then when I finished watching it, I, I like Googled Deathmatch Wrestling in the UK and I found a show in Leeds in November and I bought a ticket straight away. I just can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so excited. But anyway, um, so you guys did watch the main event. So I'm going to pass it over to you guys about what you thought about Matt Cardo University.
3: You've
2: seen it, haven't you, come on too? Do you want to kick off? Well, I I want to be positive about it, so I'm going to talk about the things I liked. Matt Cardona is brilliant. Like, this is the best thing I think I've ever seen him do. Him crying in front of the camera after the, pe- the pizza cutter spot is absolutely amazing. Him thanking the GCW Universe for the support is perfect. The The image at the end with the bottles being thrown was amazing. Everything that Cardona does i um, I'm on board with, and I would never have said that beforehand, but it's the perfect juxtaposition to what Gage is attempting to do um, Gage isn't for me the match was fine uh, it's a deaf match, and they went through lots of things and did some stuff but um the Cardona stuff I'm on
3: board with definitely yeah I, th- I think I think it's very similar Matt. i think obviously you know cold take, but best wrestlings about stories and atmospheres in the ring decent technical wrestling matches and flippy wrestling matches you you can hide that if it's not there you can't with death matches for me i i I don't i'm not necessarily into death matches per se so they only work if they are fueled with a really hot crowd atmosphere and a really great story and that's what this match had and that's why i was into it i wasn't into it like oh that's a like the individual spots wasn't it wasn't really about that for me. It was like I said, it was it was Cardona after the the pizza cutter and and his and his entrance and obviously the finish and the bottles and I, it, it's that's probably going to be the actually let's let's hold that, because I'm sure that's going to be a bit of a mini round table probably. But Dorm, anyone else who's seen it, Matt, do you want to talk about it before we talk about Bottlegate
0: or? Well, I, I wanted to ask about before we get to the bottles. I wanted to ask about the fans at the, in the entrances. What do you guys think about the way that the fans rush the wrestlers on the entrances? Because I just reckon someone's going to get their head kicked in. Like if if like I, like wrestlers who aren't in on it, like Nick Gage is, it, people get up in your face and get too physical, someone's going to get fucking knocked out. I'm sure of it. It's it's a problem that happened to me. Maybe I'd have sound like your granddad, but.
3: As, as, as a one-off for Cardona, I think it makes sense. I think what's ridiculous, it seems, just happened for all of them. I just, it's a bit, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, not really a fan of that.
0: And, and it does happen pretty much for all of them, like, except for like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it, it happened on the second night. And I'm sure it was It was that Tank Man guy. And you can see people, because he's a big guy, 300 pounds or whatever, people were, like, trying to push him like it's a mosh pit. And you could just see he's like, fucking get off me like i'm tr- like i'm a young wrestler i've got to think about this match you know but yeah is this is, not one of the it, like,
2: unfortunate byproducts of making your product seem edgy
0: is that you're going to yeah. get people that are going to take it a little too far aren't they i guess and yeah and it's also and especially with nick Gage, especially like he yeah um it's also it's also going to lead to people saying offensive things in the crowd probably yeah. Because he, he is inappropriate sometimes, you know? I'm um, sorry. I, yeah, sorry.
3: <laughs> Nick, Nick inappropriate gauge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> in the actual match, what was all that nonsense when a group of bouncers, well, they look like bouncers, like just came out and then all got thrown out in like seconds, but like really slowly by Nick Gage, like one-on-one rather than a, an attack. It was really odd. It, it, it felt like it should have just been a rush beatdown and gage fights them off and then the Ricky Shane Page say, but it got dragged out for like three minutes with like a little bit of pushing and then everything that's happened the in slow motion. Hoffman,
3: isn't it, Dom yeah, that's I don't cool. understand that's not any
2: of them are. They all look like none of them look like wrestlers in that gear they were wearing. Are they all deathmatch guys?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're all Ricky Shane, Pages like henchmen. So they're kind of like um I'm trying to think of like another example of a faction, but three of them are guys who just get beat beat up, right? And then one of them wins sometimes. His name is Atticus Koga, and he's maybe, like, the most overheal in the company. People hate him. He's like Jimmy Rave levels of hatred. He's um, the guy that and, marriage, isn't he? right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then there's – and then, obviously, Ricky Shane Page, who is almost too cool to be a heel in my mind. But, anyway, that's another story. So, Matt, just answer you, like, I mean, yeah, I thought that as well. Like, they are a bit slow feeding into him, but yeah. – um, but then, so the, the big payoff at the end of night too is they've announced uh, like a War Games cage of death match for their next big show in Chicago. Um, so it's four four zero against Nick Gage and his MDK game, um, which are like all the GCW faces, including Effie, who is fucking unbelievable, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have come across Effie before, but he's so great, yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. I'm surprised that
3: Effie's not had a... I thought AEW would look at Effie and have got, got Effie by now. So charismatic. like.
0: I, I, was, I was saying to my girlfriend that I would love to take her to Effie's big gig brunch one day. Like, it, I'm sure that would be a great show to go to. I reckon that's why they probably held off
2: taking him because he'll, he's only going to grow in popularity, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah good point, Matt. Yeah.
0: So then what, what about the bottles
3: then? Well, well, so Ross, I guess that's one thing where you can... Well, Shaf, I assume you've seen the... Have you seen the GIFs as well? Like, I assume you guys can can jump in on this without actually seeing the show, just seeing that part.
0: Yeah. So, so- yeah. I was just going to introduce it. So the question is, like, how do we feel about fans throwing rubbish in the ring?
2: Um, I I feel a bit weird about it because... I saw Dave Meltzer's post that was like, it's a disgrace to the professional professional wrestling and stuff. And to me, it harks back to the kind of the proper days when there was hill heat, which is something that I've been wanting from wrestling for a long time, which has been missing for a long time. And when I first looked at it, to me, it just looked like those kind of um, plastic beer bottles. And I was like, I I can't really see the problem with it. But then when you... When people really looked at it like it seemed like people were actually throwing some mad shit in the ring like pizza cutters and things like that which is obviously wrong and can't be condoned but i'm a little bit on the fence of it um obviously in the hands of a gcw crowd where where where, where how matt was saying how when you're so on the edge you're gonna have people that go over the edge that's a bit of a risk but like we used to watch wcw week in week out where it would always end with garbage being thrown in the ring um sometimes because of how bad the booking was but <laughs> um um to, to me when i first saw it i was like oh great like actual heel heat but there is a slight caveat to that
1: of of course they went a bit overboard i i mean i'm not on the fence i mean i think it's quite obvious you know like beer bottles pizza cutters you know that's wrong that, that is clearly wrong they they threw all those dangerous things, and not one of them hit him It's <laughs> unbelievable, but like, how could you be- get that so wrong um i'm Of course, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Cardona, but obviously I don't genuinely wish serious injury on anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a line there, isn't there? I mean, as Ross says, he'll heat throwing garbage in a ring generally as long as it's relatively safe. I don't think anyone's got any issues with that. Uh, it's probably exactly the sort of reaction that Cardona would have wanted, to be honest, yeah. because it's completely missing from wrestling these days. Um, but yeah, there is a line, isn't there? And bottles, uh, pizza cutters, you know, things like chairs being thrown into the ring. I'm not saying that they were, but um, that's obviously crossing the line, you know. Yeah, because... Sorry, gone. It only takes one misplaced throw to cause some serious damage.
3: Um yeah. Was it Cali it's someone like Callisto? Like a like a kind of mid undercarder who got Yeah, top. it was, it's
1: that,
2: yeah.
3: was it Callisto? No, yeah, I- I and mean, you just think of stuff like that and it's like that was something relatively innocuous, I think, that got thrown at him, but it's like it doesn't take much, you know. It was a
2: beer bottle, I think. It actually
3: was a beer yeah, bottle. Was, was it actually a beer bottle? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it can. So got but I think Shaft's point about it being Cardona was a big thing. If this happened to Cesar Benoni, for example, like I'd be like, "Fuck those cunts," right? But that's what Cardona wanted. That's his dream situation. And the photos they got out of it, and all the stuff, and the video packages. It's a dream. It's like the, you know, the uh, Domi. You'll know. Is is it Public Enemy with a with a chest, sp- the chest spot in ECW where they all throw them at him. yeah yeah
0: so they they did that they did that chair ride a couple times terry funk did it once as well i think yeah 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 so it's like it's so for
3: that that's i mean that's like a dream for them and the promotion right is what they wanted but yeah a (laughs) these are cold takes but a like it's better because it's someone that was looking for that reaction but b still still pretty fucking dangerous and yeah like if that keeps happening you know laura fucking averages right
1: It happened a a few years ago, didn't it? I think it was on a house show where someone threw a a Money in the Bank briefcase at Roman. I don't know if Uh any of you recall this, but they launched a a,
3: a a briefcase.
1: Yeah, launched it like towards his head, like from the the crowd, which could have ended, you know, very poorly. Um, Yeah. So if we can get some sort of balance, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Get all the rubbish in there. Maybe, you know, I don't know, your Maltesers wrappers or your plastic cups. That's fine. But... You
3: know, how Wait. far could you throw a Maltesers wrapper, Chef? Well,
1: <laughs> I don't, I, phone, I, right? I mean, I don't tend to throw those away. To be honest, you know, but...
3: <laughs> they go. They
2: go a lot further if you put a beer bottle in them.
3: <laughs> this, I can't wait. First progress show. Shaffy turns up with a money in the bank briefcase covered in M- maltese wrappers.
2: <laughs> I will just rapidly go through what I what I enjoyed. Uh, NSC UK main event yet again. So so good. Pretty deadly against Subculture. Andrews and Webster. I honestly can't think of a bad tag team match that, that they've ever had, and they've had tag team matches against Sim. Um, Versus symbiosis, they're just so so good. Um, I'm I'm like harking back to the great matches in NXT UK that that they've had against the likes of GYV and the Mustache Mountain match as well. That was that was amazing. Um, yeah, I just think they're really underrated, and I get that they're undersized and that they've got a gimmick that's not for everyone. But put but put those two in a in a tag team match against anyone that's half decent and pretty deadly fit that bill perfectly. Um, it's a lovely little story with subculture against high society. And yeah, I just absolutely loved it. it. It was everything that you expected. Kind of a slow burn, seven minutes, and then balls to the wall, all the moves for 10 minutes. Um, and um, Pretty Daddy came out on top. I recommend watching that if you've got the time. I absolutely loved
3: it. But, but their act feels hotter with Danny Luna as well now, doesn't it? Danny is a great ad. For them,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've spoken about it in the past, actually, that she has, like, she possibly comes across as the biggest star in that group. Yeah, yeah I, I massively mass- agree with that. Um, so that was really great. Um, I watched um, SmackDown this week. Um, I thought that the um, promo work between Seth Rollins and Edge was amazing. That was my highlight of the show this week. I don't know if you guys saw SmackDown, but two of the matches came from a hip-hop festival in Miami. Um, which the setup was super weird. So there's obviously thousands of people in the crowd and then there's a a stage set up for music. And then for two, for like 20 minutes, they had two matches, but um, Bianca Belair against Carmella and Dawkins against Gable in front of just, I don't know how many people were there. Let's say there was 10,000 people. And of those people, there must've been about 500 people that liked wrestling. So it made for a really strange watch because it looked amazing um, like visually really cool um, but yeah weird 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 kind of watching um, I, I likened it on Twitter to kind of watching those hog wild shows from um, back in the day where like there were just bikers that, were, that, that weren't interested but this time it was 19 year old hip hop fans that weren't interested. Um, I felt bad for the wrestlers to be honest because they worked really hard Tried their best to, to like pull out all the butlins type, come on crowd, let's get into the match, but wasn't happening. Um, so that was quite, that was quite interesting at least. Um, Tony Storm debuted on SmackDown, and interestingly, it's further proof that NXT is an entirely separate universe to the WWE. As she um, debuted as a babyface after working what the last six seven months as a as a as a heel. On NXT, she's called Roo Drop, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> um, she does use the now um, the new finisher on uh, Storm One; it's called rather than Storm Zero, the one that she used on Stark that looked amazing. Um, the, the Dean Allmark move. <laughs> the Dean Allmark move, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that, uh, that, that was quite interesting. And then moving and then moving over to Raw. I know that we spoke about it a lot in the group, but Reginald, bloody how he's entertaining! How entertaining is Reginald? Um, 24-7 champion. He's got a new um, entrance where he does about four backflips at the start and then uses the trampoline that Kalisto used to use um, with like a, like a side twist. And the camera work on it is really cool. Then the match itself was a mixture of Yano and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> um, really quite fun. Um, so that was cool. And again, Carrion Cross was on Raw. Um, without Scarlett, without his full entrance, a bizarre thing that the that the, the, the WWE are doing, where they're bringing in these NXT people, seemingly cold, um, not not entirely sure why
3: they're doing it. Um, I don't know what your guys' takes are, are on that. I just don't understand. I, I I I um my mate messaged me about this. I, I didn't I didn't watch it. Um, and he beat uh, Keith Lee, right? Yeah. I, I just. It's just, and again, I, I, maybe there is some nuance to it or something, but my understanding, he just came in, got beat by Jeff Hardy in like a, a fluke loss and then beat Keith Lee with no kind of decent presentation. Yes. And again, I feel bad commenting on something that I haven't seen, but it's never stopped me before. But like the, it just just seems, I just don't, I, I, I just, don't it's not that like I disagree, not just disagree, that I just don't comprehend it in the slightest. Like what is the, what are they aiming for for that?
2: Yeah, it's strange. So um, Jeff Hardy got COVID on the Sunday, so the plan was for uh, for them to have a rematch. Um, Don't know exactly what the plan was. There's talk that um, Jeff Hardy was going to beat him once more, um, and then maybe that's the story. But yeah, then they've just shoved him in against Keith Lee, and then caused people to be like, "Oh, they're burying Keith Lee now." (laughs) um, But. uh, I don't think that's a burial. Like, he's lost to the NXT champion and to the WWE champion. That's not a burial. Um, but yeah, just just strange how they keep it so separate when the product of NXT, even though people are saying that it's uh, that, that is having a downward spiral, it's still a good product. I don't really understand why you would build these superstars in NXT only to bring them up
3: at half the... Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing. I, like, like, it's only something I'm fine with. I think, like, you know... Having different different alignments, for want of a better term, like I, I, like is what it is. I, like it's, it's not ideal, but there's there's worse things to criticise them for. A while I just think having cross, which is just like a package, which like works. Like I, I, like I'm not I'm not cross fan fanboy by like any measure, but just like the like you said, the entrance and the scale and everything just seems just, like. Like I actually just don't understand why they yeah. do that. It,
2: it it very much feels a bit like when WWE brought in the likes of Austin Theory to, to, to Raw, and then just he was gone. It, it feels a bit like they're going to treat him like just like that, almost like he's just going to be an entity for a bit, and then he'll just be an entity again.
3: Which is, but, but at least Austin yeah. Theory is just like a young lad who can kind of have it in now. Cross has been he's packaged in such a specific way, and he's such like it. it I, it ju- and, like, NXT got him right, especially early on. It just seems, it just seems, oh, again, not, I'm not adding anything here. I'm just confused and just, it just shows a fundamental lack of anything. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, like,
2: it's almost too much of a credit to say that they're trying too hard and they're just, and they're trying to, like, do something interesting rather than just doing what, what NXT were doing, But because they're
3: not doing anything good with it. like. Um, But yeah, if he debuted as like the Funkasaurus, you could understand it, but he's just not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, Yeah, so that was super interesting. And then I watched NXT last night. And the biggest takeaway from that, of course, is the fact that Samoa Joe is no longer um, the Sid Scala of NXT. And he's an active wrestler once more, which I know when Brum uh, did his review of NXT, when it was just Brum's show by himself he was anti the fact that he, um, he was in that role
3: as it undermined the rest of the wrestlers. So I'm sure that you're very happy with that, Ron. Yeah, and, and, and actually, I mean I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm usually a fan of patience in wrestling storylines to the point that I was saying that earlier on that we should push Paige and Omega back even further. But um, this was a very rushed storyline if you actually look at the time it took to go through the whole thing. But I'm really glad they did it this way because the longer Joe was in that position, I did think it undermined everything. So I'm really glad that they have resolved it. And obviously well, it looks like he's he's going to have the title on him and then you get <laughs> him versus Pete, him versus Cole. There's loads of, it'll just basically, you talk about a lot of people say NXT has been been on the down. I, I, I won't go quite quite that extreme I, i'll talk about it a little bit later in the when we go with the predictions but um i mean a shot in the arm is joe as champ and fighting all these exciting talents right isn't it so yeah i'm very very happy
2: talking of i'm excited this is my last little bit now for NXT, um and then we can move on um just the idea of volta dropping the title and volta joe as your kind
3: of headline act on nst is pretty exciting right yeah wow Well. Wow. And, and, and actually, the the other thing from NXT quickly Ross is um, Dakota Kai and Gonzalo. Yeah, yeah. it's re- really telegraphed that heel turn, but not in a bad way. In a way that kind of built up the tension for it. I, I really like that segment.
2: Yeah, I really loved, liked it. I I massively wish like Dream Booking. I I massively wish that they would have done the route of when Raquel first won the title, because she was such a, um, she like she was almost more than just the muscle for. Dakota. It was almost like she was doing everything for her, and she was happy to. I th- I think that they actually missed missed a bit of a trick by not having Dakota almost take the title offer in like a Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant type way. Um, I think that that would have been a pretty fun way to go about it, and like I'm, and then slowly um, Raquel realizing that she's being used, and then have the story play out that way. That would that would have been my dream booking. I think it's been a little bit rushed but I think that's because of all the call-ups
3: that have happened with that roster. If you want to talk about weird wrestling that I watched, fucking, I watched a Choco Pro show if you can call it that, the other day, and it was Chris Brooks versus Lulu Pencil in a 30-minute Iron Man match in like, a small room. Have any of you guys seen Choco Pro before? No. It's just a fucking tiny room with a mat and like drawings, like it's like kids' drawings on the wall. It's not even a gym. It's ridiculous. And I watched a thirty-minute match in that environment, and it was like actually pretty good. Like, uh, have you guys seen Lulu Pencil? She fought in yeah. Wrestle Queendom. and yeah, and I, I part, you,
0: yeah, I've seen her in Eve. She, I like, she's genuinely one of my favorite acts that Eve have ever had. I loved her. Great. Yeah, she's great. yeah She's the only wrestler that my wife's ever
3: liked is Lulu Pencil. Um, yeah, she thinks he's better than Brian Danielson. But the she yeah like but basically she's lost. I think a hundred and sixty. She, she, well, she's had like a hundred plus matches for for them and never and never even got a pinfall or anything. And then <laughs> so she has this match with thirty minute Iron Man match with Chris Brooks and Chris Brooks beats the shit out of her for half for half an hour. Um, and it's like she's he's like three 0 up. And then in the last 20 seconds, she pins him. Then it's like she slowly fights back and gets a pin on him. And it's like even though she lost 3-1 in an Iron Man match, it's like she's like an incredible achievement because she got her first pinfall in like 100-odd matches. Um, but yeah. So yeah, worth the watch. Um you can you can find it on the dodgy internet. But um yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different, just for the fucking weird setting. That they, they didn't have a clock like up anywhere, just every so often they turned around and there's like like a really bad like five pound digital clock on the side that you could see. It's just for the
0: production alone, it's it's
3: worth your time.
0: Amazing. All right, fantastic stuff. What the nerds are watching. Uh I guess aside for the main event, let's get into the round table. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. This week's round table presents our half yearly review of our Wrestling Should Be Fun 2021 predictions. My friends, this is the Wrestling Should Be Fun round table! Have you ever, ever
2: felt like this? How
1: strange things happen? Are you going
0: round twists? Have you ever. So. This week, uh, dear listener, we thought we would, we're not, you know, we're a bit further than halfway through the year. We're actually getting into the eighth month of the year, but uh, it's been about six months since we made our predictions over on WrestlingShouldBeFun.com in a written article and then in our first two episodes of this Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. So what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd just check in and see where we're at as far as our yearly predictions. So um Oh, I think that the way we're going to do it, lads, is maybe we'll just take it in turns to go through our predictions and then everyone will get a chance to talk about, like, what they think of them and and, and particularly, like, a little bit of self-reflection maybe. Um, so I can go first. I'm already talking. So um, my predictions at the start of the year were, firstly, I said that I thought that um, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi might wrestle each other at some point this year in a title versus title match. Uh, that one's not looking great, if I'm honest. Abushi um, seems like he's uh, about a you know a hair on his back away from death. Um, he did he actually wrestle that show on the weekend? No, no, uh, yeah, I, he's 100%. not in a good way, is he? Um, so, I mean, I think that's looking unlikely. But I mean, I would have happily traded that at the beginning of the year for any type of American. Any type of dragon or punk action, um, take that any way you like. Um, my second prediction was that Karrion Cross was going to win a main roster title. I mean, I'd say that's 50% looking okay, except he keeps losing on TV now from what I can gather, from what the nerds are watching. Um, look, I'm not going to write that one off yet. I think there could be a story in the books maybe um, if they actually get Charlotte on the main roster as well. You never know what might happen. Um, because in WWE, I think just a week is a long time in WWE, and six months is a really, really, really long time. Um, you Things can change so quickly. Uh, my third one was that Drew McIntyre was going to wrestle Tyson Fury in the UK. That's absolutely no chance of happening this year, but I still think it might happen next year. Um, my fourth one was that Marty Scurll might sign with WWE. I also think that uh, I've got more chance of signing with WWE now than what Marty does. I don't know what you boys have got to say about that one. Um, but my last one, which I still think is looking pretty good, is Tate Mayfair's to break out this year. Um, I just don't think there's been enough shows for him to do it. I, I've been following and following the lad a little bit. He's got a really, really good social media presence um, And he's released some good merch. He's doing everything right. He's wrestling on some of the smaller shows around London. He seems to be that guy that kind of, you know, all like the family shows and almost like, you know, the summer camp shows. He's like the main guy on a lot of those shows now. Like he holds the titles in a lot of those little promotions. Um, And I also know that he's at every progress taping. I'm sure he's got his gear with him. You know, he... He, I think when crowds come back at progress, I think he's a really good show of getting a, the getting a chance. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm really only claiming maybe one and a half out of my five is looking okay at the moment. Um, And that's Mayfair's to break out and cross main roster title might still be a, well, not even half, maybe a 25% chance. So the other three I'm probably writing off. I don't know. What do you boys reckon? Any, know. Any hot takes at all? I don't know. Is this the way to do this? I don't even know if this is the right way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think um yeah, I, I think I'm with you on Marty Skirl. Um I'm not sure that's gonna happen. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Well I you know what like just this is completely off on a tangent, but I wonder what Marty Skirl does for a living now. Like what what's he doing for money? Like, is he just is he just living and working in America? Is he taking a desk job? Is like a PT or something, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, like I, I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm genuinely interested. I wonder what yeah. someone I, I, with I, his profile is doing. Uh, yeah, I, I
3: thought the same about the the, the David Star stuff and, and when all that stuff happened. And that's not like a like a, like in a in a sympathetic way, just in a in a yeah, like you in interested way. What happened to to someone like that? Like it's yeah, and it also as well because like these days it's bad. But if you apply for a job, people will Google you, or like, or if not that, they may look at your Facebook. If they you know, like it's it's also like these guys like real names are, are no like well in like Science So they just put them in and then you're like, All right, this happened. It's yeah,
0: like what what do they do? Yeah. But then on the other hand it's like but like I've never heard of you before, Martin Skull, but you've also got um, you know, five hundred thousand followers on on Instagram, so you must be something. Like, like, what are you going to do I'm down here? At, yeah, like what, like you know, like you know, are, are you maybe overqualified to push the trolleys at Costco or whatever? Like, I just, I, yeah, I just don't. I, I do. I wonder. And I, I honestly, I swear, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be patronizing. I am just interested. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, Omega Bush, that's not going to happen, is it? Nah. No. No. Nah. Um, so yeah, I guess not,
3: not this year, not in
0: 2021, but I mean, yeah, it will happen you'd like to think, but not not this year. So I uh, and the only one really that I thought might still be a chance is carrying cross, but Ross you're pretty happy to write that off now eh with the booking.
2: No, not at all because as like as you quite rightly say that one like one week in the WWE is like a year in a different universe. So I I still think that there's every chance that he could Pick up a title, especially with Reginald on twenty-four-seven duty. <laughs> 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 it's, it's not it's not bananas to think that in the next five months, Cross either beats Sheamus for the US title or the US title goes on a baby face and Cross takes it off them. Because like, obviously, that's one of my predictions too. Like, it yeah. could, it's definitely still ongoing that one. But I think yeah, his, the, his current booking doesn't help. I think the US title is possibly going to um, Damien Priest at SummerSlam. So. That's a good shout, actually, isn't it?
0: You'll be gutted about that, Ross. I know, mate. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt's on next on the article. Exit me or Brum? Oh, sorry.
3: <laughs> a... every, every time. <laughs> but Ross was doing it, though, when you weren't even here, Dom, so there was just two of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I suppose Brum is Brum. I'm I'm maybe more of Matt.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, no. I don't... I don't mind zipping through mine
2: and, and seeing where we're at with them. Um, so Cross was also one of mine. Obviously, me and Dom were thinking uh, similar, and I still think it's on. I, I'd say we've, there's definitely a percentage there between 20 and 50 at least that it could happen because surely eventually the penny will drop and, like I say, that US tile picture zips around a lot. So I'm still holding on for that one. Uh, I said Sonada would win the G1. We haven't had the G1 yet. Uh, New Japan's booking is a bit like... The octopus at the moment, so I'm not sure that Sonada's got a good or a bad chance, we'll just have to see. But uh, what, he's just what, dropped the tag tile, right?
3: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 um, and uh, interestingly, sorry, I'll let you do yours, Matt, and then we'll do the I was just say, on that, I think the interesting bit is like if you look at um Lij, right, that Shingo, it's Shingo's champ. And it's like there's obviously Naito's the leader, and it's like does Gado just go full like Lij like in in chaos focus and 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 have Sonata win the G1? I, I don't think it's a bad shout. It, it's an outside shout for that reason, but it's also an interesting shout for that reason. But like again, just- i lost a complete face with Gado anyway.
2: Presuming Shingo, I mean the belt's whipping around as we've said before a lot, but presuming they're going to give Shingo a bit of room with it, the Naito would feel the better fit if they're going to do Lij explodes right in terms of headlining Kingdom.
3: But th- but that's why it's but then you get but I think to get there is Sonada wins the uh, the G one and then gets beat by Naito, so right. okay. and, and then that kind of adds a fucking mad element to it all. Um, and then you, and then night two is Naito Sonada.
2: I mean, overall, I'm looking at that one, saying bit of a bit of a lottery uh, could happen, unlikely, but we'll see. Um, the tribal chief holds the gold for the entire year. I think that's on. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. There's still five months to go. They could change the plans and the booking. There's a lot of rumours by the series, The Rock, but um, I think that one will probably, probably. See, see the year out. Uh, Ethan Page to have a breakout year. I don't know if it's a breakout year, but he's definitely had a good year. Um, so I don't really know how you rank that as a prediction. Um, and then I predicted Death Triangle to become trios champions. Uh, there's still no trios belts. I thought they'd be coming in around this time of year. So I think that one's a dud. Um, but my other four, I think, are in the balance.
3: Mate, you are doing yourself dirty on the Ethan Page prediction. That's a cracking prediction. I think he's, you know, he's, he's been... He's been feuding with a fella called Sting, like <laughs> in like main I... event. It's maybe their best show, like best weekly show I've seen in a long time. In with the Darby Allen match, I think. I, I think he, he, if I if I was in your position, I'd be smug as fuck about that prediction.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think that the only one that's um, a dud is the uh, Death Triangle one, mate. I think you've done really well, mate. Four out of five. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see on Sonata. Sonata could be a complete dud. Let's, uh, let's hold fire on that. But <laughs> Yeah. I'm not too not too bad. There's nothing on there that I'm completely embarrassed about, which is good. Yeah, that is good.
0: Looking at you, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and listen to episode one, I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I said they were going to be outlandish and ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, pretty embarrassing nonetheless. Um, I don't. We, we're doing an order of the article, but I don't know who's next. Uh, I think it's me next. Okay. The the first
3: one I had my skill to win the trios titles in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> No, mine were a bit. I, I got the brief a little bit wrong at this. My, mine were a little bit more meta um, when I talked about them, rather than try to pick like the three forty-five at Kempton. But um, the yeah, I'll 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 try and look at them in that way. My first one was actually was one that I think I've got pretty on the m- money. Was that New Japan's going to get old? Um, and at the time, I think there was, I think even a few of you were kind of pushing back a little at that. I, I, I think it's had a fucking atrocious six months. Six seven months, like, and there's still been good wrestling in it because it's, you know, because of the people involved, but creatively and everything, it's just, shit. I mean, fucking example. Let's look at the most recent show. Slammiversary had JY. Summer SummerSlam had John Cena. Aw Aw supposed to be getting fucking everyone, and yet on a Tokyo Dome show, like New Japan do a lights out reveal. And it's fucking after the main event. And it's evil. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that is just... Especially with all... How buzzy wrestling is at the moment. And all these, like, stars turning up everywhere. You've got fucking, like... Chingo there with the title. The lights go. And you're like, fuck, who's this? Like, fuck off. Like, that is the most... Pathetic lights out reveal in context at the Tokyo fucking dome. Just but also and,
2: in kayfabe, he is the he's the king of darkness, right? So I suppose a blackout would be a good time to unveil him.
3: But <laughs> in context, just, just no, not just not having it. Um, yeah, I just think it, it's just shit. It's it's really and it's so frustrating because it was like so hot. <laughs> 18, but a couple of years ago, right? And now it's just a, a carcass of its former self, and it's sad. And it's not that like I want a shit on it. I want it to be brilliant again. But now it's got so far, I just have got no fucking idea what they're going to do. I, d- I, I don't know how they kind of resuscitate it without doing something massive or, you know, uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, um, I, I just think that, I, I think I, I summarised, my prediction by saying i just think they're out of ideas and now i'm i'm sure of that um nxt uh I, I, my my piece was around cross having a long title reign but um it probably not going well because he's not a work rate guy and him dropping the title to kylo Riley before the end of the year looks like it that, but it's Joe instead of Kyle O'Reilly. And I know that's not just about Cross's reign being a bit lacklustre for the NXT fan base. I know it's probably more about him getting onto the main roster, but I still think for me, I think I was interested by Cross at the start, but I think he's been recently. I think it's just the time's right for him to move on. I think his act just doesn't really work anymore in NXT. Um. And it, yeah, and it's just a bit dry. And NXT is though, as as me and Ross touched on before, I don't think it's as bad as some some people make it out. It it does feel a bit dry. So um, yeah, that that was my number two. Third one was uh, Japan's Forgotten Children, and talk about again maybe with new Japan waning with other stuff around. Um, was, was someone else going to kind of? Step up and start to start to get the um, interest of of some Western audiences, e- e- even on like a smaller level. I, I think DDT, who was who was the one that I singled out in the article, I think might be might be starting to do that. Um, it's if you look, for, I, I tried to get some statistical data to back this up, and it's hard to get all the viewing figures and stuff like that. So interestingly, I looked at Cage Match. And if you look at their, if you look at New Japan's, like, most voted matches, some not the highest rated matches, because obviously that's to do with the wrestling, but the most voted on matches, as in when are people most engage about it, they're all, like, kind of 2015, 2016, 2017. So around that kind of the peak buzz period of New Japan. Um interestingly i think half of the top 15 matches the top 15 most voted matches um in for ddt matches is 2021 so in the last six months like half of that that top pool is is yeah is is, is literally matches in the last six months in ddt and actually if you buy the omega abushi match which is ddt's most famous match by a mile all the rest were in the past couple of years despite that promotion being a decade old or whatever so maybe ddt is now starting to get the eyes of and nowhere near to the scale of new japan but maybe it's starting to have that moment where the kind of the more geeky end of the the kind of the wrestling fandom is watching it which is usually then the step before it starts to permeate and and it obviously it's never going to be new japan but i think it's interesting that maybe because of the waning of new japan there's going to be eyes on, on more of these shows
0: that's the uh, that's the Chris Brooks run. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry I, cu- I couldn't wait until the end to make my zinger. <laughs>
3: um, the uh, my my penultimate one is is a little bit harder to quantify into a prediction because I was just kind of waxing lyrical about what's going to happen with Dynamite in its second year, how maybe they're going to the Cross Company. Uh, collaborations a bit too quickly, and about how they need to kind of focus on their bread and butter if they want to stay around those kind of like kind of maintain where they're at and actually i I think and this not that this, I was predicting that they did that I was just kind of talking about it more in general, but that is something which I think they 've done very well, even with kind of you know collaborating with with other companies and and also bringing in new stars like the four pillars in in MJF, uh Derby, Jungle Boy and Sammy have all been booked incredibly hotly. And other guys who are kind of half AW made stars like Hangman Page are also getting a really good focus. So I think I think that's positive, but that's a pat on the back to Dynamite rather than me. And and finally, um I think my other kind of prediction or or top piece was around Brit rests and now I can only see it kind of getting worse and and not in the usual way. That I mean, there seems to be a bit of a, a hard on I find in the British wrestling community where they just wanna slag off Brit Rest and they kinda want to watch it fail. That, that's exactly the opposite of me. I, I love it and I want to see it survive and and it, it just it just feels and we, we, we talked about it a bit last week, but it it unfortunately it just feels in a really sad state at the moment. And um there's there's good stuff happening, you know, and you know, progress is obviously my the, the thing that I focus on and and there's good stuff happening there. I just don't know the amount of people engaged in it and, and I think it just lacks buzz, which is all a bit sad. But hopefully when we get back to the live world we might get a bit of a turnaround there.
0: Yeah, bit bit early to say still for me for that last one with Britrest. I, yeah, I, 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 and maybe that's just because I'm trying to be optimistic. But I, I'm like your last point there. I, I hope that when we get back to live stuff and, um, you know, the way restrictions are at the moment, hopefully it shouldn't be long. And also, the way restrictions are at the moment, we should, you know, be able to get, um, some more wrestlers involved in shows that haven't been on the closed door shows. Um, I'm not trying to diminish the people that have been on the show so far. But I think there is going to be more outside talent booked pretty soon, I hope so. And, um, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, for example, I'm, I'm a bit gutted, actually, I'm not going to it on Friday night. There's an all-women's death match tournament in Liverpool that I know that if I was going to, I would have the best night. And I, I'm not going, but I, I wish I was. And, I like, just there are still things to look forward to. Um, and there's places to look. I think so. I think we've got a lot to look forward to there. I don't know. I, maybe that's just me being positive. Speaking of positive, what do you reckon, Ross?
3: Well, well, quickly, Dom. Though I think you can't get away with that. You've you've talked about earlier about how you've really got into deathmatch wrestling and you'd really like to go to one. So can you just uh, tell the um, the listeners to the wrestling should be fun podcast if you hate women
0: and or Liverpool? I <laughs> um, I love all of the things that you've mentioned none none any more specifically than any others um, yeah i've i've been to Anfield twice I, <laughs> you know can I, i'll tell you the actual truth though while she hung me out to dry the reason is you, like, the reason i haven't gone I, I actually i looked at tickets and everything but you can't book a fucking train from liverpool to london at the moment it's I, you know i would have had to get the coach and i and I do have something against coaches because I'd need four seats to myself that's 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 the actual reason, so yeah, otherwise, I'd be there with you session martina if you're listening <laughs> 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 um just going on what max
2: um what Bram, sorry <laughs> has, has, <laughs> um two little things for me are um that I'm with Dom in the um I think 2021 has been a write off, let's be honest. Like, your prediction has come in. It's been rubbish for Brit Rest. Um, but I, but um, I do think that um, 2022 has got a lot more positivity about it. We're going to have progress back. We're going to have NXT UK back. Those are two people, that, two promotions that can put a shot in the arm of, of Brit Rest. Um, and hopefully, if it filters down and um, we see lots of great wrestling from not just those two promotions, but but everything in between, including Liverpudlian ladies getting pizza sliced. <laughs> um, and my little thing about the Japanese stuff, do you think that in like a few years time, there's going to be some kind of like thesis on how almost America like killed the territory of Japan? where, like, Japan became so reliant on America and its wrestlers and its fans post-Tanahashi and Okada, where they were doing it themselves and weren't really reliant too much on the foreign stars. And then the wrestlers went over there and realised that there's great money over there and great admiration over there. And then the fans came with them and then AEW happened and... and Wrestlers realised that they could do it themselves in their own country, and it's almost like it feels a, it feels almost a bit like WWF and the territories in the eighties a little bit.
3: It's it's that's a really interesting point, Ross. I, I, the, the potential counter argument to it is what what would have New Japan done? Because obviously it was hot before those guys came in. Um, what would it have done if they hadn't have come? Would they have sustained the in, you know the interest and maybe an Ishii or someone like that would have been in the like main whatever? Would that have still been as would New Japan now be hot but just in a real kind of mainly Japanese talent it, way? Exactly that.
2: I think that they went too big on the on the international expansion.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really not sure the answer to that, Ross. That, that's a really really interesting point though.
2: Like. I can't remember exactly when it happened but, but but like there was the sale, right? Like it got sold. Yeah, the bushy road sale, yeah. Yeah. Like and I feel like that was a bit of a turning point where they were like, right, let's let's really attack this market. And then they attacked it, and then they kind of got waylaid by being undercut by their own talent. <laughs> Which is just like a super interesting piece. Like I'd love to read like a proper journalistic Look on it. Please write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah. To move on on your new because New Japan's the only one I want to sort of say something on. Because I think, yeah, you're in the ballpark on all of them really. But the New Japan one, I've said it before when I have slagged off New Japan more than I should for a promotion that six months ago I loved. But um I do still have hope that the G one will at least have some matches that build to things that are interesting. I'm worried that Shingo's champion because it isn't an interesting champion
0: and should have been a bigger moment. I'm hoping that the G1 is the show in the eye. Yeah. I, I just, before we moved on to Ross's predictions, I just wanted to say about your AEW on Brum. Um, I, I think you're, I, like you said that they're going to have to shift more to the homegrown stars, and I'll just back you up. I, I think they've done a great job of that this year. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't that keen on any of the, as you call them, the four pillars um, before the start of this year, and I'll include the fifth pillar in uh, Britt Baker in that. Like, I, I, I will put my hand up and say I I didn't really understand any of the five, and now I think they're all outstanding. Like, I think AEW have done such a great job this year particularly in building up MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy G, Jungle Boy and Britt Baker, and I think those are going to be the – obviously, everyone knows this is the coldest take ever, but those are the five stars to take them forward, even if you have people like the big stars that we've mentioned and don't really want to name – um, come in later on this year. I think they, they are now so over. And it was so noticeable when the live crowds came back, How over they were. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that is one thing that you've got spot on. And AEW and got spot on as well. Um, Roscoe, do you want to bring us
2: home? Sure, yeah. Um, so my first one was James Smallman becoming NXT UK GM. Obviously it hasn't happened. I think it's your happen, like, uh, um, I watched NXT on Wednesday night, and there was an, an, an announcement from Triple H, Regal, and Michaels, and they name-checked, like, Johnny Saint, and they were like, we've spoken to Johnny Saint about this match, blah, blah, blah. and he hasn't been on TV for, like, I don't think since the relaunch. I, I generally don't think he's been on it since uh, since the relaunch. I just think it's a ridiculous uh, situation where they've got Sid Scala as the whipping boy. I don't really think it works and obviously there's other issues surrounding it which we're not, not really going to go to now but I think that that, that they're missing the trick massively um, and I hope that maybe the change happens when they go live because as we know um, at his best Smallman is fantastic at um, whipping up a crowd. Uh, secondly AEW sign Tessa Blanchard this one was a bit of a mad shout I know because she was named <laughs> in like this in the in the speaking out stuff um I am still actually quite surprised that she's not been employed I must admit um by any of the promotions out there um, I I know that she's training a lot of wrestlers at the moment um I know that she's obviously still involved with Daga who um I think has lost his job through standing by her which doesn't sound right to me but um um, I still think that she will end up somewhere next year, personally. Um, I actually read recently that she's only 26 still, which is crazy, isn't it? Um, she's got so much more in the tank. Um, people change. She, um, hopefully she can prove that she's changed and uh, go on to have a career that her ability warrants and um, not um, her mindlessness. And hopefully she becomes a better person and shows us all what she had done at, um, leading into 2020, um, and I think AEW is the place for her personally. Still, um, next one is Jey Uso wins singles gold. Feel a little bit robbed here, um, but I do know that um, WWE have invested massively in the storyline with the tribal chief. Jey Uso has played a huge role in that. Um, when I wrote this, of course, he was still a babyface fighting against Roman, and it's um, t- and it's taken the uh turn that it has done um but i but if i was writing this story and i know it's been said that the rock may be the one to take the title off him but if i was writing this story i would still have jay so was the one that, that, that takes that title off him eventually um but i'll give matt the rub here and um hopefully it happens in in january at the royal rumble so that matt gets his one <laughs> <laughs> um then i've got randy orton wins another heavyweight title this one doesn't look doesn't look like coming in i was really hoping that um Riddle was going to win the money in the bank and hand it to Orton as part of the uh, rated bro tag team loving that he's got with Randy Orton. Um, Doesn't look, doesn't look, doesn't look like it's coming in this one, Um, but has has to be said yet again, that Randy Orton has proved this year that he's some wrestler, isn't he? Wow. He's just brilliant. Um, I know me and Matt Connolly have this conversation seemingly every, every week at 2am when we're, when we're, (laughs) Both still up and just <laughs> Randy Orton. But um, yeah, the world title seems unlikely at this point. Um, but I do hope that that is around his way soon. And then the one that looks like it definitely will happen was the prediction that NXT UK takeover Dublin still won't happen, which is a massive shame because it was um, all lined up for Balor versus Volta in front of the Irish crowd, which would have been absolutely amazing. And just like that match just simply isn't happening anymore, um, and I think it's very unlikely that that show will happen at all now. Sadly,
3: yeah, that's, uh, I've got a bunch of questions on that, Ross, if that's okay, um, or comments. Um, I think, firstly, quickly on the Tessa one, yeah, with so I, I know you've kind of said that you're you think she will end up somewhere in 2022, but you're not sure where. It's cuz AEW's attitude has always been quite like wanting a nice, like happy locker room. Do you think even if she's like, even if it's like not like forgiving, even if it's like forgiving her for her sins, do they want to risk that kind of personality as has been reported in, in the locker room? Do you think that's, that's the core of it? Why AW won't touch her rather than a, a, a kind of a. Yeah, a, they definitely, um,
2: they definitely want to put, put, um, portray that they're doing the exact opposite of WWE, <laughs> which is a good thing. And that's in that point of view. as obviously they seem to um, give people that are in trouble with the law titles in that in that permission. Um, and I do think that that, that that possibly is the case. But I think that I made the point when we first spoke about this is the fact that obviously her dad is also part of that locker room. Like, if you can't be civil and nice around your dad, then when can you be, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the fans would forgive AEW because they didn't jump the gun and just employ her straight away. Like
3: they've given her time as as a human being to reflect on herself but, but my point, Ross, is more about not, not that side of it, so not about what she's done, but actually the fact that they seem to have a very happy, positive locker room is what the vibe says. It's more about how she is, like, like not, again, like what she's done, but just kind of her yeah. personality. So, well, it is more my point on that. It's it, yeah. not mm-hmm. that maybe a bigger factor than, the, than actually... Because didn't,
2: the, didn't they fire someone fairly recently in the female roster? That
0: had, a bad, that had a bad attitude or something? Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm not, not, not aware of that. Just what, like, whilst we're talking about Tessa, just to change gears a little bit, like, I, I was actually thinking about uh, your prediction this week, Ross, and if Tessa did come to AEW. And what brought it up in my mind was just, I was just remembering, like, how great she was in the ring. Um, and what brought it up to me was I was watching Brian Cage versus um, Ricky Starks. And there were times when I was just like, it just looks like Brian Cage will kill Ricky Starks at any point. And I'm just really not believing this. And then, and also the fans are annoying, but don't get me started on that. And then, (laughs) but then I remembered about how Tessa Blanchard had a match with Brian Cage in Impact. And it was like believable when she beat him clean. And I just remember being like, how fucking good was this woman to put on a believable match with that absolute hunk of beef? Like, and I was just, it just made me think about, man, like I, she must have just been absolutely stellar. Um, and, I, I mean, I I kind of hope your prediction is right, Ross. Um, I, lo- I love, I can tell it you used to work in gambling because you used the phrase come in, which is a great <laughs> phrase. Yeah, like that's definitely the gambler in us. Um, I, I hope that one comes in. I, I don't like to cast aspersions about people backstage, like, because what if, you know, I think we've all worked with people that, Someone has said, "Oh, they're they're a prick or whatever." And then when you get to meet them, actually, you know, people can change, or maybe you know, someone gets rubbed the wrong way, maybe someone else not. So you never know. I don't, I don't want to say that you know she's um she, she's um un, she's unable to be worked with. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: And to see, um AEW bringing in the likes of Nick Gage, they're willing to bring in people with, with past it, like it like indiscretions aren't
0: they so and i and like i would be all for tesla even coming in once to work with Britt, you know but um anyway was we'll us see where yeah. that one goes i think Brum, you, you said you had a few questions sorry oh sorry
3: yeah well i've just i've just got one well actually sorry one more i the to put in a bit there but the I, I i think there's a part of me that really agrees with you on the smallman thing like you think it's It really makes sense that that's going to happen if you look at it from one angle, the other angle. So from, from a, from a more, from a non kayfabe angle, it's like, yeah, that, that really makes sense. You know, Smallman taking that role. He's, he's done it on a, obviously on a different stage. And you're right the Johnny say thing and Scalping's not working. However, Ross, when you get, a an authority figure and i know the NXT uk authority figures are a bit different but it's usually a someone that people know as in like they're an ex wrestler or something they're mainly an ex wrestler or maybe a commentator or something how how do they introduce Jim Smallman, who obviously, like a lot of the crowd, probably go at the shows, will know who he is. But just from a from a kind of a, a WWE universe point of view, how do you say, oh, this guy's the general manager? Like, who is he? I, I, that's what I can't quite get my head around about how they get well, over that. Well, for me, like it's it's perfectly simple
2: because you've already in- introduced him on that show as Progress Owner, Jim Smallman on those uk tournament shows when they introduced all the like they introduced dallas icw for example um so like we always talk about the um the the the, uh wwe and not following just simple narratives i i think it's easy like if you followed the product he's already been introduced um and uk wrestling fans largely are going to know who he is the people that are watching in america are probably watching NSC UK because they were Progress fans at the start. So for me, I think
3: it's fairly simple. What and you just and what William Regal introduces him as former progress Yeah. Oh Jim Smallman.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I think I spoke about it when we first went went through these ideas. Another reason to, to bring him in is his social presence on Twitter, he's absolutely excellent at when he was working for Progress, he was absolutely excellent at cultivating a community feel, even through his socials. And he stopped doing that since he stopped his Progress work. And he can easily start doing that again for UK, and that's something that that UK need, because it's such a hidden territory,
3: even in Britain. Yeah, true. Do you think, would you like to see um, on the first show after they do that, or the way they do it is... Um, sorry, this is a bit of a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen NXT, but Johnny Saint comes out with the kind of three pieces of paper and he's like, I'm quitting as the authority figure, as the as the general manager of NXT UK, puts the other thing down and he's like, I want you to reinstate me, or reinstate me as talent and <laughs> to, I want to fight Walter. And we do Walter versus Johnny Saint in Dublin. I, I imagine if they'd booked Johnny Saint in a Heritage Cup match versus Tyler Bay. Oh, my God. He'd still fucking go.
2: <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Um, I just think it's uh, an absolute no-brainer. And hopefully once we get crowds back, it's something that does happen.
3: I can only see positives. Of course you can, Ross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> put, that, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Good stuff. Good areas. Uh, I think we're all in pretty good shape. Uh, none of us any worse than anyone else. We're all about evil, there with our predictions, right? Um. Uh, yeah. What about some booker bingo then? B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name. Oh. This is Booker Bingo!
2: Yes, I won. So you three, are going to battle it out in a triple threat.
3: Just bring Bob, out- Bob, do you mind if we go a bit meta first? And actually, so you edited this pod, right? The one that we did. What did you think of Ross's
0: Booker Bingo? I personally thought it was freaking marvellous yeah I, I did I did enjoy it very much um, I, but as I was listening I was just I was like anxious for Connolly because I knew he had nothing <laughs> but yeah no I, I remember I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember thinking number one, it's good that Ross hasn't messed up the participants <laughs> And number two it was very very good and very funny. <laughs> it was all about the kiss point. Right. So,
2: are you ready? I yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Quite an interesting one. I I hope it's can it can it not be intergendered just once? It is not intergender.
2: Good. And you can use these wrestlers in any period of their career. Devon Dudley versus Kofi Kingston.
1: Oof!
3: Right, I'll, I'll 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 take the hit, lads, and do the opening one. Um, the so we've got. I'm, I'm, I'm probably I'm gonna might get the timings wrong on this one, but what we do is we get how LOD did the LOD two thousand thing with draws. We get the Dudleys are like feeling a little bit; the, the injuries are building up on them, but they still want to go so they um they go with um coffee dudley as they bring in as and it starts to as as a third man they they fuck off spike and big dick and all the other lads because they're in wwe now they need they need to be a bit more they need to get a proper superstar looking fella in so Kofi, rather than debuting is is jamaica crap in the words of John Aldridge, um, that's a weird reference. The um, they go with they go with Coffee Dudley, not Kofi, Coffee Dudley, as, as as part of as part of like their they call it they they don't even they don't even sugarcoat it. They call it Dudley's 2000, and there's there's the three of them. They get a they get a, they it goes well for them. They win the titles. They do it um, in a um, free bird rule. So it's 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 all going well, and then um, suddenly, like in, in in a backstage thing, kind of Devon and Bubba Ray are still a bit dismissive to to Kofi because he's like the third man. Coffee, should I say, Coffee Dudley as the third man. It, they're still a bit like they're still he, he like carries their bags and shit like that, even though he like actually does most of the work in the matches, and 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 it's usually him and Bubba or him, him and Devon. It's very rarely the two of them these days. And then he bumps into a, a bloke backstage and he's like he he looks familiar. He's like, What um do you do I know you from somewhere? He's like, Yeah, I'm Heidenreich. He's like, Oh yeah, I remember you. you a bit he did like a poem to Michael Cole and stuff. He's like, Yeah, yeah, that's me. And he goes, Look, mate, you you've got to be careful here. You've been brought in as the young blood to do the work for them, but they're never really gonna respect you. And he's just like, oh, like, you you can fuck off. Like I'm I'm tag team champion now. Like I'm I'm all right. I've I've got the good deal of this. He's like, just 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 watch out. And then it keeps going on. Kofi keeps doing the and, and Kofi's starting to get all the pins in the matches. He's like really having to carry the um, the two older Dudleys. And then but he's uh, but again, they're still treating him like a piece of shit. And then again he just and then he bumps into um, uh, Al Snow backstage. He's like, all right, Al, how's it going? He goes, oh, um, tonight, I'm not Al Snow. I'm speaking to you as Leif Cassidy. And he's like, Marty Gennetti brought me in as the other rocker. Worst thing I've fucking ever done, mate. It was nice to be a rocker, but you didn't give me the respect. He's like, yeah, but you lads never won the titles. Look at me. Look at that. This is serious. And then keeps going on, keeps winning. And then he just finally um, has like this moment mid match where he's literally wiped out both the opponents. Divon slap tags him on the back of his head. And then you see, do we do like a, um, like a, almost mini holograms? They put a Heidenreich and a Leaf Cassidy on each of his shoulders. And he turns around and sees both of them, and he realizes he's being done. He, before Devon gets a chance to get the cover after Coffee's good work, Coffee Dudley just twats Devon from behind, hits him with that lovely spin kick he does, and then leaves it for um, uh, Juice or Domino to pin uh, Devon and then and then they drop the tag titles then it flips into a an almost a bit of a tweener tweener rivalry where the both coffee and devon have got have got points um bubba goes and signs for impact because that's kind of the thing he does isn't it um and then they have a uh, a battleground match of of devon versus um coffee dudley but then The SOS music hits, and it's not Coffee Dudley, it's Kofi Kingston. Kofi goes over Devon in about seven minutes to uh, mild applause from the crowd. Sorry, that was really long, wasn't it?
2: Mate, that was brilliant. I made some good notes. Who wants to go next? (laughs)
0: So, for mine to work, and by the way, like obviously we're letting Connolly go third like every fucking week. Um, So. The only reason people aren't laughing is because everyone's on mute. Listener, just so you know, that really brought the house down. I promise you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, for mine to work, we have to have a little bit of time travel, like these two timelines. I'm taking two different timelines and sync them up. Um, anytime you see something like this in Book of Bingo, it's a wizard. You can't complain. So what we've got is I think maybe uh, peak Devon and peak Kofi Kingston. So we've got um, ECW Arena, Dudley Boys, uh, 1998, um, where, you know, they're just swearing at children and your mothers and your mother and your all that stuff, right, they are just causing riots everywhere they go with Joel Gertner and Sign Guy and they're there and that, you know, they're like, we're the, I, oh, I should not have to talk my head how many times they won the ECW tag titles, but it's ridiculous. It's something like 11, I think it was. We're the 11 times ECW world tag team champions. We're the only tag team champions worth a damn. Now, this is where the magic comes in. Over on the other channel are uh, the New Day, and this is in my favourite New Day period. You can keep your Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, that was nothing on when the New Day were trying to break um, Demolition's record for the tag team title run that time. I think it's Demolition, right? Anyway, someone can write in to Ross if I've got that wrong. And I remember like every week on Raw and they were like, you know, we've got a, you know, another, even when they were like a year out, they were like, we're going to break this record. And every week. They'd mention it. We're 51 weeks out, and that is getting built up and built up. And they had, like, you know, they they had the real big challenges of, like, the bar and stuff. It was just great. It was probably my favourite time of Kofi Kingston. So, anyway, um, the Dudleys are cutting this promo on the ECW arena. We're the only real tag team in wrestling, 11-time tag team champions. And then... They're the biggest heels in the world, and out come the biggest baby faces in the world in the new day, right? So, we're going to have this dream tag team match. The problem is, um, Xavier Woods, he's a bit injury prone. Now, so out he comes, and in storyline, the Dudley boys, they've been breaking people's necks since 1995 with the Dudley death drop, women, pit bulls, everyone you can think of. So, re- before the match starts, the Dudley boys jump the new day from behind, the the fans see it coming. Here comes the 3D on Xavier Woods, and he's got a broken neck, right? So Kofi's left on his own. Anyway, the match is off. We do the stretcher job. We're not going to see it tonight in the ECW arena. Over time, though, you know, we're starting to see Xavier Woods' recovery, but he's not going to be okay. He's out for a year. The Dudley boys are just talking absolute smack about the New Day. They're just boys. We're men, you know, and I'm not going to start saying swear words and sexual innuendo, but you can imagine what the Dudley boys are saying after they break Xavier Woods' neck in ECW Arena. Super hot heels, um, and out comes poor little Kofi. Poor little Kofi to a, a huge reaction. Imagine, you know, Spike Dudley style stuff. He's he's got to take on uh, both the Dudleys on his own. He's he hasn't got his backup, and he's just the perfect, you know, a uh, good guy, white meat, baby face. I think they call it in the industry. So here they are. They're about to beat him down. But what's this? Kofi, he's hidden a, a, a unicorn. Um, children's toy down his trouser leg. He pulls it out. He cracks Bubba Ray Dudley over the face, right between the eyes, parts his hair with this unicorn horse toy thing. And now Bubba Ray Dudley, is out. So we've got a one-on-one match for Kofi Kingston's revenge, Kofi Kingston versus Devon Dudley. Now let me tell you a little bit about Devon Dudley, something that people don't remember. People remember Devon as kind of Bubba Ray's backup in WWF. He was a guy that held the legs, or who did the was up headbutt, and he was a guy that would do the silly cells, um, the the convulsions. But Devon Dudley, back in ECW, he was the badass of the Dudley Boys. He was the he was like the quiet, tough, never, you know, never took a backward step. He was the tough one. So if Kofi can get over Devon, that's the real victory. And um, anyway, long story short, I reckon he probably does it with a um, Trouble in Paradise kick. Um, Devon probably kicks out of one of them because he's tough. People think there's no way. All the Dudleys are doing run ins. Uh, sign guy, Joel Gertner, Big Dick, they're all coming in, um, cousin it. and then But it's it's not enough to overcome the perfect baby face storm that is Kofi Kingston one on one gets the big W to avenge the broken neck of Xavier Woods against the bad guy, Devon Dudley. Uh, to give Cronman even more time to think because,
3: you know, he, he gets what he wants, doesn't he? Quick one done. You know when, like, they took out Xavier and it was, like, the whole thing was two-on-one? Where was Big E?
0: Uh, I don't know. He was still in 2010. <laughs> 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 he, <laughs> his flux capacitor he was, still was still broken. <laughs> yeah. The the DeLorean's only got two seats. <laughs> yeah, <fair. laughs>
2: Uh Connolly? <laughs> well, lads, I'm I'm this is bad times. I think I used up all my ideas in the first few weeks, so going third has maybe
0: helped me flesh it out. Yeah. But... What's it him, him pull this out of, no, no, no. of a <laughs> fucking here? It's the fucking tempest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I wish I knew a line of the tempest to add to that, joke. Um Okay, so I'm gonna set mine slightly in the future which might seem weird. Um, so we're going to have Big E winning the uh, title from Roman and we're going to have Xavier Woods realising his dream and winning the uh, King of the Ring, which he's always said is what his his dream is, I believe. I, I might have that wrong, uh, but I think that's his dream. So Big E's achieved his dream, Xavier's achieved his dream, there, it's King Xavier and Big E is the universal champion and Kofi is joining in because he's their bro, but there's a little bit of, you know, he's a little bit jealous. He, it's not coming across obviously at first, it builds over a couple of weeks, but he keeps mentioning how he did it at WrestleMania and he's a former champion and he's acting like a bit of an arsehole, to be fair. He, he's living off past glories. Um, So down the line, the New Day, are like, well, we've, we've pretty much done everything. We want, a, uh, we want a real challenge. We want a bit of an exhibition match against one of our favourite ever tag teams and that's going to be the Dudleys, obviously, because they're one of the all-time greats and uh, the New Day might have faced the Dudleys before, but for the sake of this story, that didn't happen. If we we're all going back in DeLoreans, we're deleting that match if it did happen. So uh, the Dudleys turn up for the match and the bell rings, and then Kofi Kingston comes out and running the gimmick he's been running on raw lately. He's like, Dudleys, that this would have been an absolute dream match for Biggie and Xavier to face you guys. But unfortunately, they did not get their tag team registration for this match in on time. So unfortunately, this match cannot happen. And Biggie and Eric Xavier are like, Kofi, you always saw out the registration forms. Why didn't you? do this and he's like listen it just slipped my mind I'm so sorry uh, I'll make it up to you guys honestly I will so anyway the Dudleys are obviously a bit annoyed um, and at this sort of time you know Kofi's backstage and he bumps into the Dudleys and they're like listen you, you mucked up our big return there and he's like oh shut up Bubba I, I don't want to talk to you and then Devon gets in his face as well and he's like listen Devon you're the lad who goes and gets the table why don't you do that and me and Bubba will have a conversation and, and it gets a bit heated the new day are like oh they're back their boy but they're like Kofi's being a dick here he's He's just not up to it. So what happens is Bubba Ray is attacked. And uh, later on in the night, it's a classic Austin style. He's hit by a car or something and no one knows who'd done it. So the next week on Raw, Devon has to try and solve who had taken out Bubba. But to resort to this, he isn't going to use the police. He's going to use God and resort to Reverend Devon and talk to God himself to try and work out who it was that took out Bubba. So he, he comes out and he's back in his old gear of testifying and all that. And it's the Reverend Divon music. And it's all a bit of a laugh. And Kofi just comes out and he just runs him down. He's like, listen, it's not funny. You could have just come out as yourself. Like this is, you're just trying to get a cheap pop here by reliving a gig. No one liked it at the time. You couldn't even get Batista over. It was useless. I don't want anything more of this. And he just lays d out. So what has to happen going forward is that d has to try and get his revenge. So he gets it the way he only knows how, in a tables match. Devon Dudley having to go and get the table himself. Kofi Kingston is an absolute arsehole. I know it's strange to have him as the arsehole against Devon, but that's how I'm booking it. And they have a tables match. And Devon gets the table and he puts Kofi through it and wins his honour back. Nothing
0: prepared my
2: penis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I've uh, made my notes and they're going to signify who wins. So Brum, absolutely love the fact that you've called him Coffee Dudley. And even more so, I love the fact that you've called them Dudleys 3000 and they live underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also love the fact that you've got um, the fact that not uh, not only is he like Triple H where he carries the bags, he also carries the matches as well. I absolutely love that. (laughs) Um, I absolutely adored all the backstage stuff where he bumps into Heidenreich and warns him of the LOD run and then he bumps into Al Snow and warns him of the New Rockers run. Um, and then you went down a, a thing that I love absolutely more than any, than anything and that's fun in wrestling and you've got holograms in the matches. <laughs> Absolute positivity there. My only real downer for your um, thing was the fact that that you said that it's going to be a bit of a tweener rivalry, and you know that I love my black and white in wrestling, so that's the one little negative. Yeah, sorry about you. that, <laughs> Dom. The fact that you went with ECW Devon Dudley in '98, probably my favorite era of the Dudleys, even though it's pretty much I'm what I'm i now, thanks for, <laughs> thanks to some of those promos. Love that, absolutely love the fact that you went for the. New Day breaking the record era, something that I didn't have in mind when asking them about what I might do. Um, I love the fact that you, I went back to the Beulah broken neck angle from ECW. Um, my only um, takeaway for it was um, the fact that you went with the unicorn horse toy in the ECW <laughs> crowd, which I'm pretty sure they would shit all over and they probably cheer the broken neck. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you parted someone's hair with that thing anyway carry on <laughs> um but yeah and then um i realized well i actually didn't realize that you didn't mention biggie it was uh it was matt that pointed that out but but um your your argument as to why that's the case killed me so <laughs> you got positive there um and then for con man th- third round yet again for con man and he pulled it out the bag didn't he let's be honest uh the idea of um, Kofi being a bit jealous about the um, fact that Xavier's king and Biggie's universal champion is quite fun. Something that we've not really seen from Kofi at all as a character, and that's new and fresh, and that's cool to have seeing on the booking sheet. The fact that you um, spoke about the registration time for a tag team match absolutely killed me. Um,
3: it killed me.
2: <laughs> Sorry for a bit of admin for Kofi, the fact that they've always got Kofi doing it. Damn right he's so <laughs> done. <laughs> then you had the who then you have the Who Done It angle. It's been done previously, but who doesn't love a Who Done It? And then you went and did what I was hoping for and you brought back Reverend D Um and in his brain he it was the brilliant character of Reverend Deborn and he was expecting a big cheap pop and he doesn't get it and that's fantastic booking. My only... um thing for it a little bit was that uh, the tables match um, seemed like a bit of a, a quick finish for a um, brilliant um, setup. up um, So overall, I think everyone did absolutely brilliantly. But for me, I think the person that's, that will win the um, round here is Brum. Largely thanks to the fact that he mentioned Leif Cassidy from nowhere. <laughs> 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 so can I? to Brum? Well,
0: well played, mate. Well played. But honestly, that was a really good round. Really good round. Uh, good stuff this week, fellas. Good stuff. Just uh, just lazy two and a quarter hours.
3: <laughs> yeah, fucking
0: uh, M- M- Mike's going to have a semi on when he looks like this.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, scholars, there we have it. Another week in the bag. That's episode 21, done and dusted. A long one over two hours this week, double line, Man, And if you're still listening, fair play to you. You're really supporting the boys. Hey, why don't you go and support the lads, the nerds over there on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, and also you could rate, review, subscribe if you're enjoying the content here each and every week. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much to Matt Brummett, Matt Connolly, Ross Casey. But most of all, thank you to you, dear listener. Until next week, drink lots of water. Look after you mates.